the Express. Welcome to the Express Podcast. We are grateful to have Max Fried on for this episode. He's an all-star starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves and a dear friend of ours. On this episode, we talk about off-season updates, his ability to evolve as a player, and the state of youth sports. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Express Podcast. We are fortunate to be joined by none other than Max Fried, uh, an ex-teammate, but mm. a beloved one, and we're looking forward to spending some time with him. So, Max, yeah. welcome, Max. Yeah, welcome, 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 welcome back, welcome, welcome back. back. Yeah, welcome Max back. Max is an OG. Come on, yeah. he's an OG on the on the pod, but no longer a COVID one. We can actually right? be. Yeah, yeah we can person. be in person. In person, that's Not very socially true. distanced. Where, where were you guys at when we did that? Do you remember? Were you in New York? We were in New York. Yes, like a lot. Yeah, we were. That. Yeah. Um. Okay, so off season update. <laughs> Get into um, it. Get into it. We're trying it. to be better with our likes and ums. Yeah, it's a problem. We're fixing it. We are. I'm Hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm like, so not. Where Where are you at in your off season sort of training wise? How's it looking? How's uh, it going? I don't know how long this is gonna take from film to, uh, you know, obviously put out. But we're end of January, so big ramp up. Uh, throwing bullpens, kind of just fine-tuning some stuff going into camp and really uh for me it's a lot about assessing my year making some changes and then just going and trying to implement it I mean last year was kind of tough for me with a lot of injuries I had you know three separate injuries three separate stints on IL so uh you know the best abilities availability as we as we like to say so for me, I'm trying to stay on top of mobility and stretching and, uh, you know, getting my body ready to get through a, you know, seven month season. It's really long, but, you know, it's, it's fun. I like, uh, I was here out in Atlanta a lot, which was amazing. I love, uh, love spending out here. Got a house a couple of years ago, been working out at, at the Brave Stadium and, uh, at Maven out here in Atlanta. So yeah, I feel like it kind of flew by it's, you know, we're heading to camp here soon. It's pretty crazy. I know. I feel like off seasons every year go faster and faster, but all of them are different. <clears throat> so I always enjoy hearing other people's off seasons because we all make adjustments. We're all aware of what we struggled with, what we can get better at. I know you're not one to give away your secrets, so I'm not going to start asking about specific things that you I'll ask are doing in terms of, you know, pitches or what you're trying to correct. But when it comes to the health things, what have you like kind of noticed has been something that's more or less held you back? Cause I know we've talked a lot about just some of the, the weight stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Dansby's got, go Dansby's gotten big on nutrition lately. Very big. Is oh, that me, me you, as well. Yeah. Big, big time. Um, I've struggled over probably the last three, four years with, uh, some health stuff and just really tried to lock in on diet and uh, I mean it's a it's a complete lifestyle change going from being in the minor leagues to only eating Waffle House and fast food all the time and that's kind of what you get acclimated to and a little bit younger cost, a little bit a little bit younger a little bit better <laughs> you know just being able to easier. get through it and as you get older you you realize that what you put in your body is actually fuel so just cleaning it all up, being more aware of 
your diet and your nutrition and well, you don't notice all the difference that, no. when you're young like you can just get away with <clears throat> yeah you just wake everything. up and run it no and then you start to realize that if i want to perform at a high level an elite level every day i mean for you it's every fifth day but every day i need to yeah. refuel i need to make sure that there's certain things i'm putting in my body and one thing that you know we've gone you go down the rabbit hole of what's healthy what's not healthy the end of the day, it's what works and is healthy for you and what makes your body tick. Because what makes you go may not make me go. And trying to figure that out can be a little bit of a process, which is, once again, why every offseason is different. Yeah. No, I'm, it's been a journey. It's been, it's a, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's hard to find what works for you. You know, you try a bunch of different stuff, especially diet-wise. I was, I went pretty elimination diet where I originally cut out all sugars, all bread and ate all whole foods, which was really difficult because I had unknowingly had a pretty crazy sugar addiction. Like yeah. most of us do. Still where you do don't, brother, right here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And you're Oh, you're, yeah. you don't notice how bad it is. Until it's you're like, until you it. cut it out. Yeah. And then once you realize you're that like, you can itching. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you realize that you just have to get through that and then you replace it where fruit starts tasting like, you know, some dessert and yeah. then you can, you can do some crazy things where, um, you know, if you, you throw a, banana on a you know on the stove caramelizes a little bit and it's sweet and it's i mean that's you get your fix different ways so it's (laughs) dansby we'll put you on (laughs) hey no tune into youtube for cooking with dansby yeah that's probably one of my (laughs) with the pan hot it's it's one of it's probably one of my sneaky favorite desserts um these days but just yeah the the cutting all that out understanding that if you want to be able to recover the first thing in that step is you know what you eat and what you put in your body yeah and it can be i think at times that can be hard because just like when you change a workout plan you may not see the results in the first week or two but trusting that over time it's going to give you some longevity it's the penny in the piggy bank philosophy of doing the right things each day is going to lead to a more successful year. And I think what can even be tougher at times is you've made all these changes and then you experienced what you did this past year were some tough luck when, in terms of injuries and just different things that happen that you can never really account for. And, and you get, you, it's easy to get frustrated of like, I did all of this and I'm still getting this certain result. And that's why there's an ever evolving process and a balance. And, you know, I kind of got to the point of, this year of trying to do some things a little bit differently because what I was doing was working, but I felt that if I made a few subtle tweaks here and there, I could elevate my game even more. Mm-hmm. And that's also, I mean, it's, it's a calculated decision, but it's still a tough one to do because you, we are comfortable in what works and, you know, and, and how to, you know, stay with that process. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah, and I think I'm interested. How much uh, sleep do you try to get? Like, how much of a factor is sleep in your nutrition wellness? It's, I would say it's extremely important. I tend to sleep pretty well. I would say on average, I you know I wear an aura ring, so it just kind of helps me stay accountable. 
I would say I, I average between on a lesser nights about seven and a half and on a, on a good night, it's like nine. So I try to stay, if I can get eight, um, is pretty, that pretty happy. eight hours in bed or is that eight hours of actual sleep? That's eight hours of aura ring sleep Okay. in bed. Um, yes, it's, it's so disappointing. I'm, I had, you know, I get to bed at 10 and I wake up at seven or seven thirty or something like that. And you, you're like, Oh, that's, that's a solid nine, nine and a half hours. Then you look at the things like, well, you rolled over a bunch and you did all this and you look get, up and it's like to just over eight hours. And so that's, that part's frustrating, but I tried to aura ring aura ring standards. I, I try to go like eight hours around eight hours. How much does that change? Like how hard is that in season? Cause um, I know you guys are moving and traveling and the travel I'll, parts, the, the travel part. And I was going to say, we talked to him about it too. Cause they play so many day games that that is that throws a wrench into things right. you never can get on schedule because at home you're playing in the d- day games and you're on a schedule and then you go on the road and it's all night games basically so it's mm-hmm. it's back and forth i would say i probably sleep a little bit better on the road than i do at home just because i got my dog at home and my dog likes to get up in the morning and you know he does the the little yawn cry and oh yeah you know, yeah it's, it's time to get up time to get up like, dad and he's an extremely food-driven dog, so he all he wants to do is eat at all times. So mm-hmm. he's not going to miss a meal, and he definitely doesn't want to miss breakfast. So he gets me up. So sometimes <laughs> I get up, I feed him, and I go back to bed. But yeah, um, there's also like less life stresses on the road. I feel like well, you have one, your less you one job, and that's yeah. to wake up and go to the field and play. Right, and that's it. Right, and you don't have any... this stuff is always going on at home, you yeah. know. And I think that 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 in itself is a challenge. You kind of figure out different ways to maneuver it and handle it um ha- have you found anything that's like helped sleep do you take supplements before you go to bed do you take things that you feel like have increased your ability to like recover um i haven't until this off season i started to be a little bit more diligent with my supplement routine i guess i would say i feel like a lot of the times you can get caught up or you just oh for me like i'd always forget unless it was literally sitting in front of me you know normally you put them in the cabinet or whatever so i just started trying to leave them right on the counter so whenever i walk by i do it but um i take it's called i could be getting this wrong i don't know it's magnesium by glycinate Mm, the thorn yeah yeah that one um i normally take i think i double the the i just take yeah i do two scoops and (laughs) <laughs> I do two scoops and I just noticed that it just doesn't help. It doesn't like knock me out, but it definitely kind of like just calms simmers, everything down. Yeah. Just like soothes me a little bit and it's easier to get to bed. Cause I'm, I can definitely, you know, get into bed and just stare at the ceiling. Well, and for I think minutes. in the season when y'all start a game, it's better now that the games are faster, but like, yeah. I mean, when we live with D it was like, Mm. He was at the field at what ten thirty eleven, and then getting home at midnight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes later. Yeah, yep. I mean you're you're constantly doing ten hour days, you know, and getting home late, and then it's just not a normal sleep schedule mm-hmm. to be sleeping from two to. And 10. it's like, different than everyone run. else who has to perform, you know, during the day. You have to bring it's your best at when seven. everyone's getting ready for bed and winding down. That's when you have to elevate we, everything. I've talked with the my nutritionist a lot about this. Done some different like testing and studies on my cortisol levels and when we first ran the test my cortisol levels get really high at night 
but they're not in the morning. And it's night usually games. supposed to be in the morning and then wind mm-hmm. down. But mm-hmm. because our body's so ingrained to yep. be stressed at night. And so it's kind of something that we're tinkering and trying to figure mm. out different ways to manage it. Because yeah. especially now with the amount of day games that we play, being able to almost have two different kind of schedules yep. to operate on, which there is no more electric place to play than Wrigley on a day game. It's phenomenal. Been we, can there. To, we can get to Max carving us up in a minute uh, <laughs> at Wrigley this year. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's you know it's an ever evolving process, which is one thing that I did have like written down that I wanted to talk to you about is what do you attribute like that success to of being able to honestly reflect going into an off season of what you're wanting to correct because i know you're a routine driven guy like mm-hmm. we're, we're very similar in that regard so what is it that that you attribute being able to do that with constantly evaluating reevaluating, and being at times i've always been probably my harshest critic uh so it's it's never about I would say I tend to pick apart my game more than I will sit there and like compliment my game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot more that I want to do or that I think that I'm capable of doing that I feel like I fall short of that whatever doesn't sit well with me at the end of the season, I kind of say, I want to make sure I get better at that. And then I want to add that to my game and I'm going to make sure that the other stuff that I do, I don't slack on, but this is something that I'm going to make a priority and, and integrate it. So for me, it's just, it's every year. I mean, I've, it's kind of a joke now where it's, you know, my cranny, our pitching coach called me up and just was like, okay, so what do you bring in the camp to this year? So it's just like, it's one of those things where I guess the guys in the organization, my teammates know that I kind of just like add or bring something a little bit different every year, but, um, for me, it's fun. Like I, it's, it's a challenge. It's something that it drives me to constantly keep getting better and add a little bit more or, um, constantly refining. Cause you know that in this game, it's a constant game of adjustments. And if you're not adjusting or you're not, um, if you're not changing with the times or you're not making different additions to your game, they're going to figure out, figure you out, and then they're going to pass you up. So as long as you can kind of not stay ahead of the curve, but as long as your ability to be flexible and change things up, you you have you give yourself a better chance. I was going to say it's kind of like the old phrase: either you figure it out to adapt, or you become a dinosaur. And everyone knows what happens to dinosaurs. And so I, it's always interesting to hear you guys talk about your off season and what you're doing because the best players or the people within the game which you two respectively are uh some of them they're always looking right they're always looking for something or the next thing or like that little thing and you can listen to anybody who's been a great and they always say oh each year like kobe lebron whoever each year they're looking for that next little thing that they can add or oh i'm not like the most successful people are their toughest critic i think a lot so I think that's a good trait to have. Like uh, some people I think get, you know, real negative with it. With, exactly. Within reason. It's, yeah, a, balance. Reason. it's a balance. And, yeah. I, and we both struggle with that too, because nothing ever seems to be good enough, you know, mm-hmm. and, and trying to make the adjustment to 
speaking to yourself in a more positive light or I watch film breakdown of a swing and I immediately start nitpicking the things I don't like instead of looking from a different perspective and focusing on the things that I'm doing well because you can pretty much nitpick anybody's swing or pitching mechanics or their outing and say this is you did this poorly or you yeah. did that poorly it's like we say all the time too baseball is a game of failure anyways right well and it is so good i was just gonna say i mean you're failing constantly so being using that terminology is like your harshest critic because i mean but like we said it's like three out of ten you go in the hall of fame mm-hmm. it's also like your definition of success too so I, we t- well, well we talked about this on the last time max was on like you, it was interesting to listen to you speak because obviously you're, you know, four years, three years into your career farther than that. And you were just saying how you had to change at that point, you had to change your perspective of like what success was for you each day. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, you were one for four, but you got on three of them and they just were caught or whatever. And then you were talking uh, like how you may make good pitches, but just sometimes they just hit it like they're good too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so really good. you may, yeah, they're really good. Guys are, guys are really, really good in this guys, game. Guys yeah. are good and guys, you know, he may make a, the pitch he wanted to, but someone may have outthought him or had a read say, on I it. I think he's going to throw this and they mm-hmm. were right. And they're right. And that happens. And it's, it's, uh, that's another tailspin that you can go down and be like, well, how did, it, why was he thinking? You know, you yeah. start like trying to right. adjust. And what I think that's so uh, interesting too is, that is why like uh, people wonder why guys get so upset at like balls and strikes. And from your perspective, like if you're facing him, you know, day game in Wrigley, which he punched me out on two pitches. He, I got called two pitches that weren't even close. See? Okay. So, <laughs> but and they were called strikes. So but they were strikes. called strikes. So, <laughs> so but that's strikes what I'm saying, from, it's two different perspectives because for you, you have to be in the box going, you cannot give him that. Like that cannot he's be. He's already called. hard enough to yeah. hit. He's quit already giving one of the best him. In the yeah, game. quit like, giving him. He doesn't him. need John Tam. Uh, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. And I don't then, need you to ring me up and Max is like, "That's exactly plate. where I wanted it." But then you're probably looking at it as, "Well, if you're going to give that to me, that's exactly." I'm pounding it. I'm going to throw it there again, dude. At the same time, it's the game. Yeah, it's it's. And you said that was a ball. The part of it too is like it's a game, right? Like you, you're still playing the game. Yeah, that's I think the game within the game. Yeah, and that's. And I, I just came came to my head because I'm like in my free time, like I really enjoy board games. So like I will be playing whether it's, uh you know, Catan or playing like I just got into this offseason. I've been watching the most uh YouTube videos of chess and just like playing a ton of chess. We need a live, we need, we need a right live stream of game of so Catan nice. out here, dude. Yeah, so I do but love Catan. I'm, I'm this. I just like I love like for me, competition, gamesmanship, and like strategy. That st- and strategy yeah. is I. That's what I get off to. Those like that's my thing. strategy. That's what I'm saying. That's, and you have to figure out how to pivot, and, and it's all about being able to on the fly. think about something. And hey, maybe this strategy that you came into it with it, like that's not working right now. They're yeah. they're blocking you and they're combating you. It's like okay, you're gonna sit there and fold and just you know, crumble or are you going to sit there and pivot and like think of something else to try to get out of mm-hmm. it? Well, and that's, and that's, and it's once again, all of this is so much of a balance because 
it's on a per game basis because mm-hmm. if the umpires maybe giving a couple inches off the outside one game, do you really want to adjust your sights and your eyes to cover a pitch? It's not a strike. Whereas the next game you start chasing off the, you put yourself in a rut because now you've gotten out of your strike zone. So it is, it is a little bit of a balance there of understanding, oh, no. you know, how to compete within that. That's not going to lead you you know, to more failure. It, it definitely is. Cause I mean, just like you guys have strategies to go against people you're facing, you obviously have strategies to go against people you're thrown against. So you could have a strategy of, Hey, I want to attack, you know, dance me this certain type of way. And then you could get up there and you're throwing and you're hitting your spots, but it's just not being called how you want it to. So then you have to adjust quickly within that's why baseball. So people say baseball is boring. It's if you know what you're watching, it's yeah, really it's not. It's very, very simple. Like if you have a guy like Bryce Elder, for instance, or Kyle Hendricks for us, somebody that can really sink the ball and move the ball and stays out of the middle of the plate. Well, if they're not getting edges or they're not getting the long ball night. down, it might be a long day just because it's really hard for – that's what they do. And sometimes yeah. it can be hard for guys to adjust. But that's – Not going to pump one ninety eight. That, that we've somebody. all said that makes him so good is because – he can wear different hats, right? If he wants to get you out, and I'm just going to speak on this. You don't have to go into detail because I know how you roll. But if he wants to get you out with sinkers and change-ups one at bat, he can. If he wants to get you out with four seams up and in and sliders, he can. If he wants to get you out with uh, speeding you up, slowing you down with his curveball, and th- he can. So he can do different things based on how many times he wants to get through the lineup and all those kinds. Of, there's not many guys that do that. Oh, most no, he's, guys, a, yeah, he's a problem. Most guys, yeah, most guys, <laughs> most guys, and we were saying this, we were like, when someone's on, if you were to take everybody in the big leagues and when they're on, he's top five. Like if everyone's oh, yeah. on their A game, he's top five. He gets his look in his eye. There's He can get you out in multiple fashions. He's not even going to pay attention to me while I'm talking about this. So that's why I'm looking at y'all. <laughs> I'll watch the film later. Um, but that's what, that's what makes him so elite at what he does is because of that ability and the gamesmanship like he's referring to so next more about just like youth baseball and Ooh, yeah where that's at plus advice to younger kids because i mean kids ask us all the time right like what what does it take to get there and if you ask every athlete they're all going to say the same thing hard work it, it can't be replaced and just the sacrifices that it takes to get to that level. But it, when you look at youth sports right now, we're in a wild time, Very. wild time, like specialization at a young age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know there's, there's that trend of kids getting Keep Tommy, Tommy John. John. I was literally thinking when they were, thinking when about they were young and all these things. So if you were to kind of sum it up, where's youth baseball at? What kind of adjustments would you make? And then, we can get into some of the advice for younger kids. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like, I've been thinking. About <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, one of my like closest family friends is very involved in like the high school baseball circuit. So like, I see it from a little bit from like the outside perspective, but everything these days is just so competitive, right? Like these kids are, they're good. They're exposed to the most information that you could possibly have at this time. Like if you had the access to the information that you have right now, but at 12 years old, like it's, it's crazy. I just, 
you had, you know, when we were growing up, like you had a hitting coach, you had a pitching coach and they kind of just like told you what to do. And they told you more mentality stuff, maybe some mechanics, but you know, these days there's like, you know, guys are talking about hip, you know, hip shoulder separations and like angles, but that's what I'm saying. Like that's, these kids are being exposed to this and seeing this on like video and iPad, you know, videos or on social media and all this stuff. And I'm not saying that it's bad at all. It's just, it's a lot of information to give someone that is, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, their bodies are maturing. They're changing all the time. Like I remember the joke was for me, my whole life growing up, but I didn't know where the ball was going because every time that I got into baseball season, I grew another two to three inches. So like if you grow two to three inches, that changes your balance points, changes your you know, high level your, and your arm, your arm lengths, everything is constantly changing. So it's, you're constantly having to relearn how to throw with new body parts and new timing and all of that kind of stuff. So um, my biggest thing is going back to the specialization I think people just need to be more athletic in general, just playing all the sports, being able to run. Like I didn't play baseball full time until I was a senior in high school. I played football, basketball, and baseball whenever it was football season, basketball, like I, whatever season it was is what I played. And then in ninth grade, I got, I played tackle football for my first time. I got hit on my blind, like I got hit from behind. I was a quarterback and just was like, you know what? This isn't for me. So I stopped football. Lefty, lefty QB. Yeah. Lefty QB. To throw it was, was good. Just like, I was like, you know what? Did Mason tell want... you to say that so he could show his high school quarterback clip again? No, no but I would, I'd love coming. to see it. No, you, a, it's, it's, on the internet. it's on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a uh, film. Check the film. I think I've got one two-point conversion maybe or something like Atta that boy. nothing like hey, i less than me there was only one team <laughs> on the high school that i was at there was one it was a varsity team i was a freshman i got i got well, put on you got tell you body is, he threw it to evan ingram so evan ingram did all the work i did well yeah he did it's get a open, good tight end to have but <laughs> in I your mind that's a nice name drop his running back was Kenyon. tight end was evan ingram shout out evan making the pro bowl by the way that's pretty yeah pretty solid but I, once again i want to remind everyone that <laughs> they had 10 in the box <laughs> I, oh they were blitzing me <laughs> i went again, from left tackle to quarterback and had sweaty palms and hands and gloves and they're my favorites he's literally bent over. you gotta you gotta you threw the touchdown though right yeah oh, yeah so that's all that matters well, that's because dude coach was like if you if i put you back there and you drop this like He's like, number one, you're going to look so fat. And then <laughs> number two, like, you just cannot do that. Like, I'm going to look very, yeah. you know, Do not do that to me. Please, yeah. the coach is going to be upset. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's not going to be upset that the left tackle just threw a 26-yard bomb? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, that's a problem. But no, I think but, it's interesting going back to the, the youth sports because now everything is so specialized. Like, I obviously teach at high school, and uh, we were talking today about kids, how they don't it's a battle to get them to play more than one sport. And, and at our high school, it's interesting because our coaches encourage that. Right. Like they want the best basketball kids People to don't do go that everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To go play football and they want the best football kids to go play run basketball or run track. It just makes you a better athlete, but you're correct. They do not do that. Every, like most high school well, coaches are like, we've convinced them as society though. Like if you don't play one sport, you'll get passed up. Because also, you're not going to be you're not good enough. Looks. You're not going to be yeah. specialized enough. 
I just think that that is a really slippery slope and a bad trend because there are certain instances where some specialization at a certain point is completely fine. But when you're a young kid, I think just the overall development of the athleticism, there's things that you do in basketball that you just are not ever going to perform on a baseball field, but it will help you perform better on a baseball field. It's the competition factor. It's like that clip that I showed you, our boy Bobby Mags. Shout out Bobby Mags. But I saw a clip on Instagram the other day, and they're talking about – he's talking about doing a practice session with Dansby, and like Dansby just couldn't get this feeling of his hips coming through the ball. And Bobby used the analogy, you played baseball – I mean basketball, right? When you're coming around a pick, when you're setting up, like that's the hip lock that we want right there. Mm -hmm. Like imagine it from playing basketball. You've done it a million times. Mm -hmm. Translated in – it's the same feeling. It's the same movement. It's it's body movement. He literally set a pick for me in the cage. (laughs) He's like (laughs) – he was like, come around me. Because he's like, do you like shooting, you know, right, like – you want to square? Do you like squaring your left to your right to shoot this way, or do you like coming around the other way? I was like, I like going around the other way because this gets in line quicker, quicker. with the basket. And he was like, "Perfect, that's what we're Where trying I want to do." You to so go. he literally is like standing there in the cage, <laughs> setting this pick. I come around, he's rolling around, and he's like, pick. "Now just get up to like where you'd want your bat to be." And I did, and he's like, "That's the position," and that helped me of just understanding balance and. Implementing, something implementing athleticism in a batter's box. Right. It's an athletic movement. Right. That's what just at the end of the day, it's there's not one way to do it. And once you realize that it's just there's so much parallels from you know, I use a lot of what I learned and what I know as a hitter and apply it to pitching. Mm-hmm. Like it's not same with turn it's not plays. just you know, it's it's there's so many different elements and different things that you can add to your game and you can shorten the learning curve just by implementing it from playing other sports playing basketball playing like all these different things but the main thing through all of that is being aware in your body and the only way you're going to be able to do that is to just be athletic and be able to move and understand your body because baseball is such a skill-based rotational sport that you can get caught kind of like being too mechanical and a lot of those things. And you see some of the best players in the game and they make it look so easy because they're just being athletes. They're not being mechanical robots. Yeah. Well, that's, that's something that I'm seeing more and more too with, you talk about seeing all this information, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter and all the different hitting gurus in the world. And people are teaching so many things that essentially are what we call non-teaches that there are just athletic movements that when you do certain things correctly they They show up they just happen and so many times when you harp on doing something that should be a non-teach you end up like out learning yourself and not Mm -hmm. being able to actually do it because it's the body's natural way of unfolding and things of that nature and it's just a slippery slope to go yeah. down. It's like my golf game when I'm like, when I'm standing over the ball, I'm like, lock this elbow. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then it's like, shank to the right. But if you oh, just walk a yards, just but then it. I get mad. I'm just like, drop another ball and I just crank. And player, player B is always way better. Yeah. When, oh, you, yeah. when you watch, you watch different guys in on the PGA, like you would never teach someone Scotty Scheffler's swing. 
Yeah. You wouldn't Cause teach. It, it goes against so many fundamental John Rom swing. Yeah. John Rom swing. Slinger Scotty. Swing. Like there are certain guys that, yeah, like Roy's the picture perfect swing. You know, he, that clip of tiger saying that if you could build Charlie, a son's swing, look at Rory, it'd, it'd be Rory, but not everyone is designed or built that way. And we all, you know, Max is six, five, six, four, still growing six, two to four, three inches, still growing every, two year. inches every year. <laughs> every year. Uh, so that, that certain things that may work for him and his cues, I know it's for pitching, but Max could rake. I'll give him some kudos. Max could talk rake. about being an athlete. We would, we would talk you. about hitting a lot. And yeah, talk about things, being an athlete. certain things that may work for him don't work for me. You know, we all have these different capabilities or body limitations and, it's uh it's super interesting just to like well, it's understand like to, someone else's thought process. Like I know you probably don't do it as much anymore, but how you just sometimes get in the left handed batter's box. Hit lefty all and the just time. hit lefty just mm-hmm. to have that other sort of movement. Well just it's it's never been coached. So it's like it, we talk about pure athleticism. I just go in there and I just hit. Yeah. There's no thinking, there's no about where do my hands go. It's like mm-hmm. all right, he starts moving, I start bat to ball. Just, bat yeah, to just, ball. Just turn, put the yeah. barrel on it and then you start doing it right hand. You're like, oh, God, I need to feel this yeah, and do I need this. To and get on those rails. Athlete, you don't let the athlete. Yeah. <laughs> he, he filmed a session with Brum, and he, he's got all the lingo now. He's talking about <laughs> this golf game, too. You know, Brum's talking about these certain things. He's like, yeah, if we were golfing, Mason's like, hold on. Let me. Uh, <laughs> Dansby, we're recording a video, and, and Brum's like, I mean, if you're golfing, and Dansby goes, oh, you, you want to talk about the golf swing? I was like, no, but yes. If we're talking yeah. about clearing let's, the front hip, I'm locked in. Yeah. I understand. Let's let me let's finish this, and then we'll get on the golf well, game. And we did. We talked golf for like 45 minutes afterwards. Yeah, that's why y'all were late. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it's ex- precisely. Yeah. So going back to you, sports. When it comes to advice you'd give, other than I would say we the consensus agreement here is multi-sport, do different things, get out of your comfort zone in that regard. What are some pieces of advice that you would give to? younger kids I would say here I'm I'm gonna give advice to what I would tell myself when I was a young max yeah, yeah. five foot four I was five, five four before I grew the two to three inches every year um and that's take chances and actually be okay with the failure because the failure is going to allow you to learn that much quicker. I think a lot of times, especially when I was younger, I was so scared to fail that I would play it safe a lot of the times or I'd put too much pressure on myself. And a lot of it really got forced on me when I got into pro ball where it was, I was failing because you know, you're going up a guy against guys who are the exact same talent level as you, if not better. You know, like guys are guys are throwing harder. They have better command. The guys that you're facing are stronger. They hit the ball farther. They can they can hit your velocity. Like I got forced to fail in the minor leagues, and it was very humbling. But I wish I would have allowed myself the freedom to have that vulnerability earlier so I can say, okay, these are actually my limitations. I'm going to either know that this does work or make the adjustment because this isn't working and being okay and saying that failure is going to happen and it's a part of the game and truly buying into that rather than 
you know, a lot of the times when you're a kid, you hear something, it goes in one ear out the other because you hear it for face value, but it doesn't sink in or actually you can't really like feel the, the weight of those words. So yeah, I would just say push your boundaries, see what you're capable of and truly be okay with the failures that come along with it because especially at the high school level, like it's not, you know, it's not the same rigors or like, you're not, you're not losing a job. You're not fighting for your livelihood. Like you're, you're still learning. You're still a kid. You're still, you're still trying to figure it out. And when you're doing that, you're going to learn a lot about the game within the game and the different things and the different elements that come along with becoming a complete baseball player rather than just being really good at a certain individual facets of it yeah it's kind of like going going back to the idea that everyone is so afraid to fail in the sense that if you give like we we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago i forget which one but if you give maximum effort and then you fail like everyone knows yeah that's i've this is funny because i that's a pill to swallow yeah i uh yeah and so i went so i went to a class uh, it's a U.S. history or U.S. Sport and Society class, and I said, "Hey, I'm having a podcast tonight." They, they all know, like, they're well in tune with what we do. Um, I said, "If you can come up with like two or three topics or questions, maybe I'll throw one out there in the podcast." And the class kind of went. What do you, my class? I totally took over this teacher's class, started lecturing. Classic. And we started talking <laughs> about a story, by yeah, the way. Yeah. This, yeah. He started talking about um, like the problems we have and how kids don't push it to that full limit because they're scared of what's going to happen if they do. And we we're talking, we had a track kid and he was saying, yeah, like we have times and you know, some people struggle to make the times. And he said, but we're only running at like 90%. I'm like, well, why are you only running at 90%? He's like, well, you know, I'm like, don't wanna, I don't want to do, do it all and not make, and it. not make the time because if you do, you're forced to be held accountable. And there's, there's a little bit of you that sits there and says like, Oh, I wasn't running. Well, I wasn't running. Like it's if I really wanted to, I could. I can make it. Oh, like I, I've been there. I've scared done that of a lot. what your friends say me? or. Oh yeah, and that's what. So we we got in the conversation about, um, obviously big um there, the, the clip of you after the Philadelphia game and how upset you were, and they were asking me about it, and I said, guys, it's because you see these guys who are so upset at the end of the year because they have truly put like they have poured everything they have into that and so what you're seeing is them trying to handle the raw emotion of failure and it's not like they failed in front of the local town you know what i mean you guys failed yeah, or whatever yeah in front of mom and dad like it was in front of everybody and then immediately you have a microphone stuck in your face of what's going to go on or what's going to happen or how do you feel like what do you th- how do you think i feel and so it's just kind of interesting to kind of hear that sort of perspective about failure because failure is scary but it goes back to the Kobe Bryant thing like you only really fail if you stop trying like you said you learn how to fail and then you take that and you build well that's not failure that's just you learning progress that's progress no such thing as failure really you know no until you stop yeah it's kind of like I said it's a it is a tough pill to swallow it's uh it's something that you, you know, you wish that you could just like coast by, you know, a lot of, a lot of the guys, especially at this level right now, are probably 
the best kid in their town or, you know, all those kinds of different things growing up, best in their little league, best of their high school, you know, best of their college. They've only been the best. you could, for the most part, like, at those levels, you can coast by a little bit. Like, you can can get by by being on or being able to just flip the switch on and off whenever you want. But when you get to that next level, there's – I would say there's probably – the amount of like on one or two hands that could still do that so yeah. very very truly little. gifted it's a, it's and it's a, a, it's, a, it's a like a it's a different stratosphere of talent yeah it's it's almost like ronald it's a, in a way we've yeah. talked about that. oh no like, yeah. ronald can it's it's that dude. It's the most gifted baseball player i've, I've yeah. been around just the things he's able to do no he's he's as special as he's as special of a player as i've i've ever seen you know i've played with him every year Every year since 2016, maybe even, yeah, 2016, because that's when I came back from Tommy John. We were in low A together, and then I went to double A, and he came to double A, and then, you know, triple A in the big leagues, and, you know, saw his debut and the whole thing. And he's, every year he just gets a little bit better. He learns a little bit more, but he's a guy that just, he has a rough couple ones, and then it's just like, okay, I'm going to show you and turn it on. And you're yeah. just like, whoa, yeah. like that's that's special. different. That's different. Special. But even someone ability. that special, like you said, every year he's coming back with a little, learned a little bit more. Oh, he yeah. failed at some things. He's learning from that. And yeah. like, and that's one thing he doesn't, I don't think he gets enough appreciation for. Because mm-hmm. uh, I obviously I was there for, you know, I saw him since he was like a little pup. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing him like that guy. I remember seeing him like this guy is different. Yeah. Like it just I could just tell. And that's one thing he doesn't get enough credit for is yes, he is gifted more than most, if not all. <laughs> but his ability to make adjustments, his ability to learn and grow within the game and to be able to dominate. And also, I think one thing that you told me that I was just super proud of him for this season was was the extra work that he was mm-hmm. doing, was the things that he started to learn about as being a pro. Because I always say that there's these different phases. Like you come into the game when you're a young kid and you're just happy to be there. You're just enjoying it, having fun, and you're playing well. And then reality hits you a little bit. And you have to learn how to become a pro. You have to learn how to – not necessarily take things more seriously, but you have to learn routines. You got to learn how to take care of your body and all these different facets. And then once you get that handled, it's almost, you go back to learning how to just compete and have fun again. And I feel like he did such a great job this year. And I mean, you could speak to it a little bit more of just how he grew in the professional aspect Mm -hmm. and not that not saying he was ever a bad teammate or professional in that sense. It was just, he learned how to take ownership over what he wanted and he could go out and do it. He was putting in the extra work in the weight room, yeah. Uh, you know, prehab type stuff, and really just grew up in that sense. And mm-hmm. when I heard that, I was just like, I just like yeah. just giving a little golf clap to, to myself. Like to I'm just it. so proud because that's one thing that I always try and teach by example, but also teach the younger kids about, hey, mm-hmm. learn what works for you, learn your routine, learn your rhythms, learn how you're going to game plan for the day, or learn what you need to do to take care of your body so that you can be successful. Yeah. Not going to be young forever. No. And I I think that was for him, you know, 
just being able to sit back and watch a little bit, but the injury to his knee, um, I think it just gave him a little bit more structure and a little bit more of a routine that he had to do every day with rehab and, you know, properly warming up and stretching. And there was a lot of just, you could see it was just like every day before the game at the same exact time he was on the bike or he was, you know, getting his warm up in or doing, doing the little things that I think as a younger player at, you know, the 19, 20, 21 year old him that, he was kind of doing where when you're that young you roll out of bed and you feel great all the time (laughs) and it's you know it's different it's a different it's a different type of game there's a there's a different level that you get your body ready but you can just see there was there was a little bit more attention to the detail and the the little things that when you get through a long season they really help you towards the end and i mean uh, it's I, I'm not surprised that he went 40-70 and did yeah. the things that he did. He's you know, he's he's as talented as Ever. as they come. Yeah. Well that's like when I think the you so your first spring with the Braves was what year? Sixteen? Mm-hmm. And Ronald he was there. Mm-hmm. And he was like sixteen. I mean, he wasn't even in big league camp. It was no. And I remember grinding. you you and I were on a call and you're like, dude, let me tell you something. I think I'd saw the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life. And the kid's not even 16 years old. He's like 16. And I was like, yeah, what? He was like, he, he was, I think he came up for, he probably came over for a couple games and just It was like, when I'd gone down and we were inter-squatting. Yeah. And I remember he hits this ball so hard, like a line drive right over the center player's head. And usually when that happens, you're like, all right, cut, you know, double cut, going to third base because we may have a chance of throwing him out if he's thinking about going to third. And brother, I caught the ball and it was like no four four ship. Yeah. Maybe let's chuck it into home because he's, you know, freaking flying. Yeah. It was like he was guaranteed third base. Yeah. Potentially we're going home. And I'm like, yeah. I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> shoot for well, shoot for Yeah. You had to turn them hips quick. But no, you, you told me the story about him. You said that I guess it was during an interview. I may have not been, I don't know, but you said he was playing left and someone hit a ball over his head and they were like kind of lackadaisical, like coming around third to score and he threw him out from the fence. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like on a line. It's yeah. freakish, bro. He's like, his, yeah. his, his arm strength is, he just messes around and I'll just stand on like the right field line and just my favorite ones in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He literally stands on the right field line, the long toss there and throw the ball over the left center field fence. Without crow hopping, just yeah, just it's like just literally, like right. one, two, and you just see this thing just. <laughs> there's a lot of things about. <laughs> like to... Well, we, we've like talked about like Dansby too growing into a leader and like learning, and you you see it too, just like always. You just feel like you can lead by example. That's not always the case. Like you're doing the right things doesn't necessarily mean it. Like it's good to lead by example. But like sometimes you got to flip that switch and lead in different ways. So, well, and I was gonna say, just obviously us growing up, Braves and him and everything. The Braves have made a lot, like a lot of I would say clubhouse guys have made other moves during off seasons, and so like this year especially, I felt I don't know, I don't know. I'm, obviously, we don't know, but. In the media, it seems like they were trying to force people to be leaders, which I always say you can't do that. 
And one of the names that kept coming up was yours. So I was just curious to see from your perspective, was there any of that pressure sort of felt or were guys looking to you because you were there during the World Series? You are this dominant force. I was just curious on that. I think for me, there's there's an element to stepping into it, right? Just stepping into a different kind of role, understanding the progression of a career. Um, you also look up and like, as far as the team, I have like the second most time on the team behind Ozzy, who's got me by like, I think it was two weeks or something like that. From the time <laughs> we got called up. So it's the, the amount of guys that have been on the team. Um, I've been there for a long time. So just naturally people, are going to come up and ask you about like, you know, what's going on, just the dynamics, <clears throat> dynamics of a clubhouse and the way that things work. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's about, I think, and you know, Dansby can comment too, but it's, it's a lot about being, being confident in what you do, who you are and just being, I think it's a lot about just being authentically yourself. Um, I'm someone that naturally is going to be very <clears throat> helpful to teammates. I'm willing to help a guy out. Um, feel like I'm fairly approachable. You know, I don't, I don't feel like a lot of people are going to be able to not come up to me and say something. I might not be the most vocal guy where I might not be like, getting in your face, but being able to know what it takes to win at a consistent level in this game is something that you can't take lightly and you can't take days off. And it takes a level of discipline and diligence of um, being able to stay on top of those things. And for me, it's it's about making sure that, especially the young guys that are coming up and that are pitchers, um, that you can kind of help that learning curve, essentially. I had a lot of really great older veteran guys to be able to do that for me, where if they see that I'm going through a certain struggle or I'm hitting certain roadblock or there's certain things that happened in, in my timeline of my career that they went through, um, that they approached me and kind of helped me out to be able to shorten that curve and avoid some of the mistakes that they had made that, um, and I think it's a lot about of just taking that information that older players have passed down to you and being able to pass that down to them and being open and encouraging because, this is an extremely hard game. Uh, even though I might not be on the, the, like the failure side where like I'm failing seven out of 10 times, there's, there's still a lot that is very difficult about this game. And when you have that support from your teammates, um, and guys that might've been around or a little bit longer, it takes a little bit of that pressure off your back. Like you don't, you know, you don't have to 
weather all of this this whole storm by yourself um so i think it's i think a lot of it is you know for me it, it's a lot about that and being able to share that information with with guys and teammates to be able to be their best selves and to if you can get a guy to be authentically and genuinely themselves on on the field that's when they're going to perform the best yeah and it's interesting because we were talking to uh like in the same class and a lot most of the kids that take the class are athletes and it comes down at a high school level, I think, to accountability and the the issues that they have stems around the fact of they also don't lead by example. So if one guy gets onto another guy for, let's say, body language, uh, let's say like basketball, for example, and the next play he's got, he fumbles the ball, whatever, turns it over, then his body language is bad. They look at him and they go, well, why are you getting on me when you're doing the exact same thing? But mm -hmm. then because they're buddies, they also don't want to Stubble check each other, which is funny though, because I used to be in Danzy's face. Oh, we used to get into it all the time because <laughs> we're all so competitive. We, matter. we didn't matter. We want to win and we want the result and the kids, but now it's very buddy, buddy. And it's kind of mixed a little bit. So it's just kind of interesting to hear because you're also dealing with grown men and it's a business. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of different because it's like, okay, like, you know, I think it's easier to approach that kind of person if they, if they know that you're coming at it or from a, from a good place, yeah, a right? Good like if you're, if you take what you do seriously and you're, you're focused on the ultimate goal, which is to be winning, and to win a world series you know like i would if i'm doing something that isn't up to those standards like i would hope that one of my right. teammates would come and check me and say like hey like you're not doing x y and z this is our ultimate goal and you're you know committed and dedicated to this but you're not you're not performing to those standards every single day if you don't have the ability to have people that are going to check you or check each other and be accountable, then you're breeding more or less substandard or mediocrity. And I don't yeah. think that when you're trying to, you're trying to reach the pinnacle of being the best team in the best league in the world you can't do that by accepting anything less than the best. You got to build a good roster. Well, I was going to say baseball is, I mean, you only get what three, your best hitter gets three, maybe four at bats a game. Right. I yeah. mean, you have to hold the whole team to a certain standard because it is such a team centric yeah. game. Like, yeah. And they go, I mean, your best pitcher pitches once every five days. Yeah. And then even in that, like you're only pitching, most of the times these days you're only pitching two-thirds of the game right hopefully right that's it. i mean leadership comes in so many different forms man and i think that as you get older you start to hone in on like your craft of leadership but a couple things that he said that i want to point out that's important is by him being his authentic self that's a form of leadership because it gives the other guys around the permission to be themselves as well now there's a component of that that you have to teach them a little bit about how, how to be their, 
their best self Mm -hmm. because who they authentically are may need some adjustments to become, you know, in the professional manner to become this. It's not just, oh, do whatever you want because that's who you are. There is some chiseling that has to happen. And then the other thing would just be the willingness to share knowledge, the willingness to help teammates because you care about their success because their success also leads to our success. Mm -hmm. And being able to do both, I think, is so huge. And sometimes that is having the difficult conversation. It's holding someone accountable. It's having a conversation that's uncomfortable. It's confronting someone about not upholding a standard or being late or whatever the case may be. And the only way to be able to do that is by building relationships. It's hard to get onto someone and get by. And if you don't have a relationship with that person, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's more difficult to get the end goal if you don't have a relationship. Now at times it can be more difficult to have the conversation because you have a relationship and you don't want to hurt their feelings, but it's the, it's the right route to go. Yeah. Part of being a good leader is being a good teammate. And right. it starts like they always talk about for teaching, like how, how do, how are teachers effective? How do you start at the door? Like if that kid doesn't know you, if you've never talked to that kid, well, you can't expect them to respect you or, you know, do listen to listen. you or anything yeah. like that. And you'd be surprised kind of, you know, just how far that goes in every realm of life. So we were there for the world series. I don't you, know if you, you were there. I think I only missed one game. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I missed one Which game. Which game did you miss? You came to Houston the first time? Hmm? You, you only missed one game. Two? Oh, I missed one game in Atlanta. And I missed I one game, game in game Atlanta. Six. Yeah. I was out of game six. And we're at game six. Yeah, that's right. Wild so, evening. Four famously six, famously got Jason Aldean into our after party. <laughs> yeah, we did link up with him at the door. And Cole. But that was and inside. Cole. Yeah, we linked with Cole, Hell Southern. Um, yeah, we met Jason Aldean at the door. We were waiting on Dansby to come let us in. And I think Mal ended up letting us in. The Boneyard <laughs> Queen. They were quite strict about who they were letting in. And so we were just kicking it with Jason Aldean for like 10 minutes waiting on Mal or Dansby to come I let us in. I do love when Mal gets in that mode, though. Like when she's got her mind set on, on something. <laughs> they're like, no, they can't come in. And she's like, they're coming in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And they came in. And we were there. And we all rolled together. Yeah. I, y'all can ask the questions for this one. World Series? Yeah. Man. Let's go. I mean, what a time f- for, for us. us. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a ball. We became champions as yeah, well. Yeah, we were champions that night and forever. And forever. Banners fly forever. <laughs> um, man, I don't really know where to start with the World Series. I guess let's just talk. I guess we start with Dodgers talk about the whirlwind that was mm-hmm. yeah. we're sitting next I mean, to that uh, whole series because the brewers first i mean the whole postseason it was a very dramatic postseason yeah and i'm I, still strange it, from it <laughs> we so were sitting yeah yeah we're sitting next to uh darno's parents mm-hmm. and brother and uh who else were we sitting next to? When Houston, we were sitting next to Jesse's oh, parents. Yeah, or, my, no, Jesse's Jesse dad Chavez, and brother. Chavez. Yeah, Electric his, his Factory. Pops is the man. The bro. man. His pops is the man. And he, then he's the man. Yeah. The game y'all clinched to go to the World Series. We were sitting next to Tyler's like family. Oh. And his dude, it was so funny. His grandma. I mean, that was probably the most electric appearance. I think his grandma. His, oh, that was his grandma, right? 
some one. I of think his it was his grandma. Members. But so you guys were making the decision. Well, basically, Dan's being afraid. We're making the decision whether or not to send he's going back out to if send him back out. That? Did you know that? Yeah. No, Snit okay. was like, you heard about that? I think so. Snit, Snit was talking about <laughs> breaking news. Snit, yeah, <laughs> Snit was talking about him and Cranny were kind of talking about potential. Who like, they, you know, should we send Matzik back out? And I just remember being like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. he's going back out. This is the postseason. Like he's going back out. Yeah. There's no, if there's no other like, option. Like, hey, Freddie, come here. Actually, like was, we're sending Matzik back out right and Freddie's like, wait, that's a even discussion. A question. Yeah. It's, it's like, send Matzik, him. you're a back out send there, him, dude. I, I was actually, no, I was in the bullpen. I was, oh, that's right. I was in the bullpen because I, we had the day off after. It was like your bullpen game day, technically. Because I threw game five and I, you know, I didn't have a good outing. So I was like, I'm best? available. I'm going down to the pen. I'm putting my spikes on. If we need me, I'm, I'm down. Because it's technically so I went down the like arms. For people, for people that don't know, though, that's that can be standard in postseason because yeah, yeah, yeah. day two is typically a bullpen, bullpen so day. Like, so I it's go like, out there for an inning uh, or if they needed. I don't, that wasn't the three batter minimum, I don't think, yet. I don't think may so. or may not have. No, been. I don't right. think so. Could have been, could have not, but I was. I can go I get out if I need it. Yeah, but I anyways, his I I really think it was his grandmother was like crying Dude. that he was going back out there, and Mitchell and I, I might have been too. Mitchell and I, <laughs> Mitchell and I turned to her and we go, we have no other choice. We're in this together. He has now. to go back out there. If you want to go to the World Series, that is our best chance right there. He has to go. He has to do this. This is a Braveheart moment. And he did get it. out there. Oh, and he did, did it. He do it. He did it. Oh, did and it was it. electric. Yeah. I think we hugged her. I started crying. Yeah. I think favorite. at one point I was like, I can't watch. And you're like, you get your ass up here. <laughs> <laughs> you watch this. You game. watch this. I, I can't do it. He's like the little girl from Remember the Titans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, so not now, not now. I'm like Mitchell. Uh so we clinched there. Uh that was awesome. That was when y'all, y'all came down the field. Gotta come got down, down the field. field. Funniest moment is I lost Lexi. During yep. that moment, and I look up, and she's taking pictures of Ronald Acuna and his family, <laughs> and she's like, "He was so nice. Who was, Who was that?" that? <laughs> I'm like, "Get over here, yeah. uh, lock in." So we then obviously the World Series that was electric. Game six in Houston. I mean, yeah, let's dude, talk about Game six. Kudos to you, brother. They better not they, talk about Game two. No no, 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 we're going straight to six. We're going straight to same, six. Same, yeah, game two. I forgot about that. Game two wasn't our best. But. When you got – so you got you got stepped on, stepped right? Stepped on. Yep. Let's just go – let's go, yeah, let's let's go, go through, through it. Because I remember Altuve starts off the game. With the hits a single. It was like the infield single, deep six hold, yep. beats out to first. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Brantley comes up yep. after that, and that's when you get the stepped ground, on. The, the ground ball, I thought Freddie was going to throw the ball to second to turn two, and mm-hmm. he like came up Double and clutched turned, it. and then I, yeah, I caught the ball, didn't know where the bag was. Athlete, turned, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the know. catch and the, the step simultaneously. I don't know how. I kind of just like luckily had all of my weight on my left side, and I was just trying to like search for the bag with my right, so it was pretty limp. So when he, I felt him kind of also very thankful he was wearing rubber spikes, um, mm. I kind of just like felt it and I was able to just like interior, uh, just like internally rotate my knee and just kind of like, <laughs> internally, just, I was trying to figure out the word, but, uh, he just went no, limp. I just, I just kind of 
tried to just fold into it and I guess like I hit the bag after, but I think he from never what I was told him. afterwards, like if he the runner passes first base and doesn't hit the bag, you can't just step on the bag. You have to go tag the tag guy. Him. Yeah. Mm. So didn't know that at the time or I would have tagged him. So we learned from learn from um, it. Yeah, after that it was just did that flip a switch? Or, uh, I mean, the switch I mean, was already flipped. It's game six. Of World it was Series, basically. Or, well, I mean, it was two weak ground balls. Like, let's call it is what it is. It's yeah, not like you weren't I mean, locked it, in before it, that. Yeah, I feel like well, in game two there was a lot of a lot of those kinds of hits too. Where bloopers, I was, man. I was just kind of like trying to massage my way through it, and it got to be first and second, and I just basically said like. This is Kid now. Friendly. This That's is it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, like this is now or never. Like this now is the never. breaking point. Like this is exactly what happened last game. This is if there's a time to like put it all all on the line and like try to stop this bleed. Like in my head, I was like, if I can come out of this with just one run, right, it's a win. Mm-hmm. Like I know that we'll score more than one run. Mm-hmm. If I can hold them to one run and not have this be a blow up inning, we're we're good. We're good. And you know, just trying to get ahead, got a got Korea, a strikeout, Korea, Korea strikeout, yep, strikeout, Alvarez. and then ground. I got a ground ball, and then yep. ground ball on a two seamer, and then uh, struck out uh, Guriel on just looking. like three three heaters that I tried to throw as hard as I could. If you so looked like, up, you'd have seen me, Mitchell, and Jesse's dad getting excited. I don't I don't show emotion very much especially yeah. not in the first inning but I just like I I gave everything that I possibly could like to my core when talking about being vulnerable mm-hmm. and like if I'm going to lose I'm going to lose being 100% of myself or whatever and all of that like that was that was 100% of me yep. and I yeah and after that it was just more of like okay let's let's lot, yeah when then I remember too that next so we don't we didn't we hadn't scored yet he comes back out for the second inning and kyle tucker's leading off mm-hmm. and he hits that dribbler over your head oh my gosh i was like here we go again i remember i remember it was such a good play for me because sometimes the routine plays because i it wasn't my best series i had my moments but it was one of those plays where it was literally once again i'm just gonna lay it out here vulnerable um, yeah. go for it went for it and end up making a nice barehanded oh, play and electric yeah and, and i was just it, like i was even kind of saying like here we go perfect yeah here we like go. i needed something that just keep you going just sparks you because you're yeah. not there's no thinking it's just i'm you're I'm reacting as fast as i can to that ball <laughs> and i'm throwing it as and hard there's as only i can one way to catch it and that's with my bare hand and throw it and then yeah after that after dancing me at that play my shoulders dropped about three inches and i just was like okay now we get can the go. leadoff man out like now we we're can in go. good shape yeah and now i think it was that Potentially, it was that next inning that Soler hit the infamous yeah, goodbye we, we, baseball. We, <laughs> I think it was the. Th- I think it was the third inning. Third inning. Yeah. Yeah. To the moon. Oh, the little guy on the train was in jeopardy, and then it just thirty feet over him. Then it just kept rising. <laughs> but the best is, I think Dan's being like that. I don't even know when you did the interview, but showed the clip, the whole team jumping up and down. You just see Max in the back of the dugout. Guys, towel. Yeah, the, Just, I talked to talked to Travis about it because Travis wasn't in there, but me and Travis were stone faced. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just he wouldn't let you. I remember. Well, no, was, I wasn't. I I already 
I already knew because there was a there was an instance in the game before. Uh, Doovy hit the grand slam, and everyone there dugout was going crazy. And was that the first? I just knew that. Yeah. That was great. So Lair hitting a home run and giving us some runs and giving us some cushion is fantastic. The game's but it doesn't it doesn't mean anything if mm-hmm. I go out there and give up two to three in the next inning. Right. Like after that was hit, it was like, okay, this is now the most important inning that you have to throw. You have to go and throw a shutdown inning mm-hmm. and stop any kind of momentum and just that's that's where that's where we have to be at right now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like I have no control over the hitting. DHing, I'm not like DH is being, you know, is hitting for me. Like I don't have to worry about hitting at all. All I have to just, worry about is just pitching. What do I have to do? That's what I'm gonna focus on. Right. And I can celebrate after Snit takes the ball from me and says like, "Good job, good job." And I remember too because you did because game two didn't necessarily go your way. I just remember you kind of coming up to me before that game and saying to like Travis, basically saying. We're going to do this how we've always done this. You're going to go off what you see, what I see. We're just going to go completely off, almost like feel. We put this game just plan being, together, but I'm going to pitch. Being authentically myself. I'm going like, to pitch. I'm going to pitch. I'm not going to. felt like there was some times where I, you know, whether it's, you know, like I I broke out the most change-ups in that game that I had thrown in my career lefty, up to that lefty point. Lefty on lefty, too. <laughs> I, was, I, was throwing, I was throwing more change-ups, and it was just more of like, I'm going to pitch, and I'm going to be myself, and I'm just going to move the ball around. And it was a lot of the being, if they're going to beat me, they're going to beat 100% of me, mm-hmm. and I can live with that. Right. But I'm not going to sit there and, you know, not – I'm not going to sit there and be scared to be myself or, you know, all of those things and get beat and then sit there and be like, well, what could have been? Because right. what could have been is not good enough. It's like either at that point, and it's one thing that, you know, why we get along so well, but it's like at a certain point, it's either you do or you don't. doesn't matter how it gets done. You just got to get it done. So right. it's like what what is going to happen to go get that done and we're going to go do it. At what point in that game did you know that we were going to win? Was it when Dansby hit a home run? Is that, are you fishing? Are you fishing no, for that? You want to <laughs> talk about your home run? Go for, Were you then. still pitching when he hit his home run? Uh, or did you get to celebrate that one? I, oh, I'm pretty I sure. was done after the sixth, and I know I'm, that we because that sure. to me that I was like that was, in the, that was like the icing. I think on that the cake. was in the fifth inning. Yeah, I, I think what, it was four nothing. You hit it three nothing. You hit a solo homer. No, two runs. Two. Oh, was, two was the. Solaire's was a two run. Or? It, Solaire's was a three. Mine was a two. Freddie Freddy's hit a Freddie hit a game. seven it's nothing. Seven nothing. Freddie hit a RBI double. Yep. And a solo homer. Yep. Let's have a day. Yeah, he. I would say it probably settled in once Freddie, when Freddie hit his. I was like, okay, yeah, I think I think we mm-hmm. we have this pretty good. But at that point, like that offense My, was so good. It's not that our, I mean our. Our bullpen was shut down, down. Like, nails, lights out, insane. But you know, at that point, you just never know. You in can't, that park, you can't in overlook, that park, you can't overlook your opponent in the postseason, ever. especially yeah. one that has been there in the World Series. What, like that was their third or fourth third time in the last five years. Five years. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't in that park yeah. with that lineup. 
anything can happen. You never know when the moment they came back from. They came back from five runs in the game before, so Mm -hmm. it's like you can't you can't count them out. Right. At home too, it's like they're they're gonna go out swinging. The best is that clip of all the towels waving, and then Solaire just (laughs) Solaire just yak daddies that one dude. They all just simultaneously, dude. The best part too is where we were sitting. Like you could see him hit it, but then there's like a little overhang, which is kind of interesting for that stadium design. So you see him hit it, and then you just don't see anything. Yeah. Like the ball, the ball is just gone. Into the gone. Solar system. Yeah. You like that? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. It was the solar system. Yeah. It, dude. He. Oh, I. Man, Very I bet funny. that had to feel like just and then, pure off the bat. You probably didn't feel it. No, as I'm saying, like that's just pure. Like, that's kind of like how. Yeah, mine felt. It's about as hard. As we far saw as Dan, I we saw dance beats the whole time. Yeah, we had good eyes <laughs> on that it one. Go, it didn't go over the. It over. was uh, it was like three hundred feet less than the one that we're talking about. So there, there there's still about three hundred feet. Yeah, so they're still rolling. <laughs> and then we had a super chill night, pretty calm, cool, collected yeah, after was, that. A lot of katan. Yeah, it was chill. Yeah, just hanging on the room. Yeah, yeah, it was chill. Nothing fun. And then I had maybe the worst flight of my life I the do, next I day. <laughs> I remember being so exhausted at that party, though. I remember you, you had. Si- I remember you sitting on the couch, just like I was, just like <laughs> and I was like, you I get, get, I get very like just depleted and just like dead. But I was, yeah, like after that, you've got that, and everyone's celebrating, everyone's so happy, and like inside, I was really excited, but just like body wise, just completely just completely dead, gassed, yeah. just so dead, just being like. I can't wait to get back up to my room and just like knock. Out. I know. I I pass you and I go. You good? You go. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, just oh, remember, yeah. I just remember Mason and Zach. They're like, bro, we gotta go. We were like, not saying we were like the first people to leave, but like there was a lot of people still there. And they're like, dude, mm-hmm. we have to go. Our flights in like five hours. They're like, what time is it? Like four thirty in the morning. <laughs> dude, yeah, that was a long. Then we walked. Yeah, walked home. Conveniently close. Then, yeah, almost missed our flight. So it was chill. It was chill. <laughs> yeah, we had yeah, we had a real good time. That movie didn't get over till four thirty. So yeah, congrats on World Series, yeah. man. Ball great talk. time, great time, great time then, great time now. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. It's always love. a pleasure. Yeah, I love. You can do it in person. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's our first recurring guest, huh? Yeah. Am I actually the first recurring? Yeah. Recurring. First. First, second interview. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. You've made the cut. Love that. Yeah. VIP Congrats, now. Man. We'll see you next season. <laughs> <laughs>